Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,397. There are no hip shots in automotive media. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Mark Green here. I'm a car care fanatic. You know that. And I've discovered Migliori Luxury Car Care Products. Migliori Strata Coating is a ceramic treatment that you can easily apply by yourself. It provides your special vehicle with a high-gloss finish and lasts for over a year. Migliori Strata Coating features an extreme hydrophobic finish, so water sheets right away, reducing water spotting, and it makes your car washing a breeze. With over a 100 positive reviews on Amazon, this is a time-tested product that's made here in the USA. With fall and winter on the way, protect your vehicle's finish with Migliori. You'll find all their premium car care products at Migliori. MigliariWax.com. Plus, you'll get 10% off at checkout by using the code CARS. Yeah, 10% off. What a deal. That's M I G L I O R E Wax.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special returning guest here on CARS. Yeah, Eddie Alterman. Eddie, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am, Mark. All right. Good to have you back. A reminder. Regular listeners, Eddie was a guest of mine way back on June 2nd, 2015. He was guest number 264. Today, he's 1,397. I've talked to a few people since you've been here, Eddie. You've been busy. I have, that's for sure. Eddie Alterman is the chief brand officer for Hearst Autos. He develops new areas of business for Hearst Autos, consumer brands, car and driver, and road and track magazines. Previously, Eddie served as editor-in-chief of Car and Driver, the world's largest car magazine brand. While at the University of Michigan, Eddie began writing for Automobile Magazine and stayed there for 13 years, rising to senior editor. He later founded MPH Magazine, contributed to Men's Journal, GQ, The New York Times, and New York Magazine, and launched EmotiveMag.com, an automotive-style website. Widely regarded as the nation's top automotive editor, Eddie was named 38th most important person in the automotive industry by Complex Magazine. And back in 2005, he was named one of Crane's Detroit Business's 40 Under 40. I'm guessing you're not under 40 anymore. but uh, Oh, no. I, I shot through that pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, you've blown a hole through that one. 
Well, Eddie, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more? Give us a quick little update on your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles. Yeah, I mean, I always wanted to work with cars and work with words, and I've been lucky that my career has afforded me uh, the opportunity to do that. Growing up in Detroit, you're always around cars. I grew up, you know, in kind of the malaise era, so I didn't get oh, the yeah. Detroit. I didn't get the uh, kind of 57 to 73 that uh, that is the hallmark of that place and where so many great cars and great designs came out of. But, you know, I've uh, always just been fascinated by the automobile and writing about it has allowed me to learn about it, has allowed me to share the joy of it, has uh, allowed me to increase my passion. And, you know, we're living through a really incredible time right now in terms of cars and in terms of the, the big transitions from, you know, hardware to software. And uh, it's just a great time to be reporting on it, great time to be running these brands, and uh, and great time to be enjoying cars. It's an incredible time. I mean, just the way things are moving. I know uh, the day we're recording this yesterday, Porsche launched their, their new all-electric car, did quite a phenomenal live stream uh, with Mark Weber as the host, and they were in three different places around the world all at the same time. And I was sitting here watching that just going, you know, it wasn't too long ago. You couldn't do something like this and present something new to the world in this way that's so intimate where you're sitting there at home and watching uh, these people come out and talk about their cars. And you talk about Detroit. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing right after this interview, the great Ed Welburn, a very, very famous designer for GM. What a hero. Yeah. I mean, and he's such a great guy. Well, good. Well, we'll have some fun with him. But first, we're going to have some fun talking. I welcome you back to Cars Yeah. It's been a while since you've been here. Some things have definitely changed, and especially, as you said, in the car industry, massive changes going on. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Eddie, grab the wheel. The greatest thing anybody ever said to me about this business was, there are no hip shots in automotive media. And that came from the great David E. Davis Jr., who was the editor of Car and Driver for a couple of stints in the 60s and 70s. And then he went on to start Automobile Magazine, uh, where I worked and, and got to learn at the foot of the master. Uh, but w- what he meant by that has proven increasingly true as the years go by, which is Dot your I's and cross your T's because there's always somebody who knows a little bit more than you do out there. And as the world has shrunk, as the media world has gotten much more intimate, as you were saying, um, and we're closer than ever to our readers, we got to stay on point and uh, we cannot, as the Brits say, let the side down. Yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, this is so true. Uh, I just returned a couple of weeks ago from Car Week, my 31st year going down to Pebble Beach. And coming back on the plane, I was reading some of the catalogs that I picked up at different events. And one of them, I was quite surprised. There was a lot of errors in it uh, about specific cars and things. And I kind of went online and double-checked going, I didn't think they made a V6. I thought it was an inline six for those things. And I kept finding some of this stuff. And that's the problem. Not the problem, I don't think. But that's the, the issue here is those of us who are not in your profession but read all your words, we can fact-check really fast. And uh, so I can't imagine the the added pressure that that adds to you and your team uh, to be excellent and strive for perfection, to quote that old Henry Royce quote out there. Um, 
what are some of the things that your guys have to do, your women, men and women that work in the industry now to be really careful about this stuff? Well, yeah, these are table stakes. And if you read something with one error in it, the, the rest of everything, even if it's perfect, has no credibility. You're like, this guy screwed this up. Why should I listen to uh, the rest of these facts or the rest of the, this opinion? And for us, you know, facts are the foundation and facts are slippery. Um, history is written by the winners. And when you're doing real reporting and real journalism, it really is incumbent upon um, the journalists to do their job and to get great sourcing and multiple sources and to do the things that an average Google search can't do because people have their own takes on stuff. They have their own opinions. Some are good. Some are poorly argued. But if your facts are wrong, nobody's going to trust you. And trust and credibility are the foundation of what we do at Car and Driver and Road and Track. Well, I appreciate that. And we especially see that today. And, and I'd stay far away from politics on this show. But when you look at mainstream media, uh, and what is reported these days in so many cases. And it's stuff you find online, and you just kind of roll your eyes and go, really? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, and we're talking about here, you know, people's second largest purchase, things that uh, are increasingly complex, and we're in some uncharted territory around EVs and AVs. And if you don't have that credibility, you can't really move forward. If you don't have your facts right, if you don't do the real work of uh, reporting and journalism, it's not going to be there. And, you know, the great thing about Facebook and Instagram and, and uh, the Internet in general is it allows everybody to be a publisher. bad part about it is it that... It allows everybody to be a publisher. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's um, some great stuff out there and there's some real, real garbage. And yeah. um, we got to stay on the right side of it. Well, I think you guys are doing a great job. The other part of that is photography. Everybody's an excellent photographer now. And it's really dumbed down great photography, I, I think. Um, you look at so many things and even things that are published online, and I go, seriously, they couldn't have like moved around the car and shot that a little better? Or a shot in the uh, right light? Yeah. yeah. I mean, or, there's a real art to it, and doing great car photography is a real craft. And we've you know used fashion photographers before, and it's been a complete disaster because they don't know how to make the car look cool. Yeah. And desirable. And yep. they don't know uh -huh. it's the angle. So. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. You know, last time you are on the show, I, I, I want to bring this up because it was a quote from your father, uh, how you answered that success quote question. Be excellent, strive for excellence, and everything will take care of itself. It kind of still fits with what we're talking about now, right? Yeah. I mean, you just, the thing that I've been lucky at is I, I love this stuff and it's not hard to strive to, uh, to that level because I'm, I'm so, passionate about it. And I think that maybe that's the lesson that, you know, and it's a cliche, but find the thing you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. That's sort of how I felt because, yeah. you know, I would do this if nobody paid me. Well, don't tell your bosses that. Uh, I know. We'll edit that part out. We don't want them to hear <laughs> okay, that. Good. But uh, good. <laughs> yeah, we do need to get rewarded for our endeavors. And, and this is, uh, after all, it does take work and time and effort, but you just hit on the secret sauce of what Cars Yeah is all about. And that's uh, people that have found their passion and are working in that field and making a living on it. So uh, there you go. Well, would you share this story with us that instigated this passion you have for cars? Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you think back that you knew that you were indeed going to be a car guy for life? Uh, yeah. And it was, you know, kind of a, a trite and 
typical story of sitting on your dad's lap driving the car for the first time. My dad had restored a, uh, a 1962 Porsche 356 Roadster, and I think uh, that that's why I'm a Porsche guy to this day because you know I had watched him do the actual work on the car and tried to help in my small way, and then when it was done. Uh, got to sit in it, got to move the steering wheel around and got to feel, you know, the wind in my hair. Got to feel like I was in control. Got to feel like I was doing sort of an adult thing. That hooked me. It also sort of sent me down this path of trying to get really, really excellent at uh, driving a car and evaluating it. That's not an easy thing to do. I'm not an engineer. I feel like I have a minor in engineering because of all the uh, the engineers that I've worked around. and. Uh, who, who have imparted so much wisdom about physics to me. But, you know, that was the beginning of that journey of, of really responding to the machine. And, you know, Sir William Lyons from Jaguar has that great quote that I might not be getting it right, but it's that the car is the closest that man has come to creating an animal. And it, I didn't have a dog when I was growing up. But I had that car, <laughs> yep. yeah. even if it was my dad's. Yeah, well, very cool car. I'm a Porsche fanatic myself. But uh, now you said that was a 62 356? Yes. So the old the twin grill uh, when yeah. they switched. Yeah, nice car. Does he really uh, nice. any, any chance still have that car? No, he doesn't. Long gone. Yeah. Oh, uh, well. Well, I've got a question for you later in the show. Maybe we can find that for you. Let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you faced. I like this question in the sense that not so much drumming up maybe a difficult time, but more about the learning lesson because everyone out there is going through something. Chances are somebody is going through something very similar and you can give them some inspiration today that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's not the train coming down the tracks. It's, it's an opening to escape. Tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career and your business and your life. Well, after I was at automobiles for about 13 years, I had this opportunity to start a magazine of my own. And um, I had been through the ranks at automobile and sort of learned how to put a magazine out. And I felt like this was the next sort of logical step. I uh, started a magazine uh, with a bunch of friends called MPH. And it was sort of like when Maxim and FHM were around, it was sort of a lad magazine for cars. And it was a response to what we as young guys felt at the time was kind of an increasingly ossified and old school approach to making car magazines. So, of course, it failed. No legitimate advertiser wants to be in that environment. But it actually, I want to mischaracterize it because I'm really proud of it and I really learned a ton. And I felt like hadn't been given more time, you know, the audience response was great, but hadn't been given more time, I think it would would have kept going. But the problem is, if it had kept going, I wouldn't be a car and driver. And I think that's the lesson. You don't know where it's going to go. Hindsight is is twenty twenty. It's very easy to look back and say, oh, this led to that, this led to that. But when MPH folded, you know, I had two young kids, and I was crapping my pants. I didn't know how I was going to support them. And what I learned from that was that your skills, your reputation, your relationships with people, that all comes with you. And it's about just taking those skills and applying them in a new way and trying to figure out the next thing and uh, keeping yourself open. It turned out great. I had a couple years where I was freelancing. But the funny thing is, 
I was making more money. I mean, not that money is the, the ultimate goal, but I was making more money freelancing than I was as the editor of that magazine. And, um, you know, it, it really hit home to me the fact that, you know, when you work for somebody, they have to make money off you. When mm-hmm. you work for yourself, you get to keep that money. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good lesson learned, and I'm glad you came out positive on the other end. It is interesting, and I think well, the reason I, I know why the reason I asked that question is is the lessons learned. So you definitely learned some great things there that you carried forward, and look at you now. So it all worked out fine. It somehow does, but in the in the the brunt of it, yeah, when people are saying it'll be okay, you're going, are you sure about that? Because I feel like I'm in quicksand here. Show me the way, show me the way. But uh, yeah, it always does turn out fine. I've got lots and lots of stories here on Cars Yeah that prove that. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle, that first car in your life that uh, brings back some good memories. Oh, there's so many, you know. I think the one that's, can I talk about the one that's most special to me? Of course, yeah. Um, it's the one I currently have, which is a 1971 911T. And the thing I love about that is that it has four seats. I can take my family with me on these great automotive adventures. And that, to me, is what cars are about. It's about sharing an experience with somebody. Uh, I don't think I'd be really happy in a monoposto. I need people around me, and uh, I need to have the conversation that comes from being in a car on a great journey, and especially when you have your family along for the ride. There's just nothing better than that. You know, I always drive that car, uh, whether it's with my kids in it, my wife, or even my dog in it. And I just say, you know, nothing's better than this. This is what it's about. And, uh, and the car itself to me is just one of the great pieces of automotive engineering. And you see why it's the foundation of everything that Porsche has done. Back in those days, it was all hardware and it was who could figure out how to put the pieces in the right place most effectively to create that connection with the driver. And that 911 is so light and so chuckable and it's so drivable on the throttle and it just makes the greatest noises. It's got that 2.2 in it that's just, you know, connected to the 904 motor. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal machine. And, you know, this my car is not a Concours sort of car. It's not one of those huge high-buck, things. It's a driver. And I just drive it as much as I can. And it resets me. It resets me in a great way so that when I get into everything from a modern 911 to a Kia Telluride, I know what great ride handling and responses is supposed to feel. Yeah. What color is your tea? Blue to orange, which is a, a pretentious way of saying tangerine. Ah, I love that. Well, I, I was going, wait a minute. What? I haven't heard of that. That's right. Tang- Tangerine's one of my favorite colors of those cars. I had a 72S for quite a while. And oh. before that car became extremely valuable, drove it a lot. My kids learned how to drive stick shift in that car. Uh, took it on many tours. Uh, I think of all the nights I left it sitting in a hotel parking lot uh, when it could have disappeared pretty easily. And you know, it just, it was a wonderful car to drive. I love those early long hoods. They're just fantastic. And, but tangerine, that's one of my favorite colors. Mine was ivory and I never liked the color. Oh. It was just kind of boring like, to me. I don't uh, know. I mean, the kind of candy colors and, and some of the greens of that era are really, oh, yeah. don't you yeah. wish you had that car still? Well, I do, but you know what? It went to a great cause. It had become so valuable. And when I sold it, I sold it for probably more than any asset ever sold at the time. It, it covered uh, my son's three years of my son's college. 
There you uh, go. So I was very happy that I was able to do that. And I don't miss it a whole lot. My wife, in all her wisdom, she said, why don't you take a little of that money and, and buy another older Porsche that's maybe not worth this much. And guess what I bought 10 years ago, a 1987 930. Oh, and, uh, great. Good for you. So that car has become uh, rather valuable. And the, the cool thing about what my regular listeners know about that car is I affectionately call it my orange crush because it's a paint-to-sample metallic pearl orange which they only painted three cars that color. So it's very rare, very unique. Yeah. And I just recently talked to a guy whose dad is the one that ordered the car. He had a dealership in Indiana, and he special ordered those three cars. I found out some interesting history I didn't know about the car. And uh, so we're trying to find out. There's a little window of missing ownership there. And there was a, a lady who took delivery. Turns out it was one of the employees at the dealership. He used to do paint-to-sample special orders and send his employees over to pick them up at the factory, then hand the keys back so he could get unique allotments. little trick, I guess, back in the day with dealerships. So, uh, yeah, so I did get my orange car finally. It's just a little different than Tangerine, but uh, I'll have to send you a picture. You have to send me a picture of yours. How about seller's remorse? Is there a car you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you still had? Uh, Kind of. I had a 356 convertible D, but I only I'm only – bummed about that because i sold it for a tenth of what it's worth it's, oh, it's, well, it's just yeah. money thing not the car. i mean i like the car but i like the 911 more yeah i agree i every once in a while i've always wanted a 356 and whenever i think about selling my car to get one all my buddies say are you crazy yeah. don't do it um and i'll tell you what they're great but they're so they're so different yeah but i'll tell you i i did two of my cars yeah tv shows this year, one with John Wilhoyt, and I did one that'll be coming up next season with Rod Emery. And those guys build those cars with very special motors, and I could never go back now to a stock 356 after driving those cars. They're just so nice. So uh, I don't know. Maybe there's one in my future one. We'll, we'll see. Well, I would love for you to share more of what's going on at Hearst Autos these days. Because since we last spoke, my gosh, it's been four years. I can't believe it's been so long. But a lot has changed. Your roles have changed. But share with our listeners what has you excited and fired up about what you guys are doing there these days. Well, I'm sitting in a, in a really cool spot right now where I'm uh, helping develop new business and uh, thinking about new ideas for how to keep these uh, brands moving forward and get closer to the consumers. And uh, one of the things I'm really excited about is uh, the second Road and Track Rally that's happening. Well, that's why I reached out to you because I, I got an email from you guys that talked about that. And I went, I got to get Eddie back on and talk about this because this is cool. We're talking about cars, we're talking about possessions, and we're talking about what stuff's worth. But that's increasingly less important. What people, I think, want nowadays are great experiences out in the real world, not virtual, not on their phones, uh, going out and commuting with cars, with nature, with other people, You know, driving interesting cars to interesting places and talking to interesting people once they get there. Uh, that's really the name of the game. And uh, so I'm just incredibly excited about this uh, Quattrocento rally uh, that's going to happen in the Hudson Valley. And we're, it's going to be super deluxe. We're going to do some skeet shooting. Uh, we're going to do some spying, do some great eating. And then we've got, you know, Alexander Rossi as one of our guests one night and then Wayne Carini. Uh, so, you know, you can't get 
better talent than that. And it's just so exciting that we're able to create these experiences for our, our readers, or as we call them now, you know, our audience. Your audience. You know, this is really cool. Uh, both those those gentlemen who are going to be joining you have been guests here on Cars Yeah. So yeah, you got some great guys lined up there. So how do people learn about this? Are there still spots available now? And when is it taking place? Yeah, let me plug it a little bit more. Thank you for allowing me to do that. It's of course. Experiences.roadandtrack.com. And uh, it's happening October 17th through the 20th. And, you know, what, one of the great parts of that experience is we're going to Lime Rock, which is one of my favorite tracks. Oh, yeah. The classic, amazing track with some great elevation change. And the roads around it are almost as good as the track itself. Uh, but we're going to be giving hot laps in the Road and Track Performance Car of the Year candidate. So that's going to be a really special experience. And, you know, this is the kind of thing that we should be doing as a brand, is allowing people to get access to our editors, to our way of life, and to deepen that automotive passion through these great experiences. Yeah. Now, give me the uh, website again. Okay. It's experiences.roadandtrack, spelled out, uh, .com. Great. Awesome. Well, I'm going to shout that out there today when we're done with the show and uh, keep pushing this for you guys, because I think it's an absolutely brilliant idea to get out on the road and use these cars and do things with them. And, and even more importantly, be around like-minded enthusiasts. That's what it's all about. After having come back from Car Week a few weeks ago, every time I come back from that full week immersion of everything cars, it's really about all the people I met. And for me, I come back with a giant stack of business cards, of potential guests that I can have on the show, but the experiences, the parties, all these kinds of things, and the amazing connections that we make through cars and through car experiences are absolutely fantastic. So I love this. Love everything about it. Eddie, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new AVS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com. To check out the latest products for your ride, and when you're ready to check out, enter Cars Yeah in the coupon code and get 10% off your order. That's Edelbrock, automotive performance since 1938. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPIC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. 
Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. All right, Eddie, we are back, and I have a bit of an introspective question for you. I'm going to get into your skull a little bit here. If you were a vehicle, you were actually manifested as a car. Not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a car. What would Eddie be and why? You know, my spirit animal? Is that what you're asking for? I think that'll work, <laughs> yeah. I, you're the first one to say it that way, but that's cool. It's the, I think it's got to be the uh, AMG Rote Sal, you know, the, uh, Ooh, the, yeah. the 300 with the 6.3 in it that raced at Spa with the full yeah. leather and wood interior. Went the distance, was fast, not the fastest, but, yeah. uh, and it had some, had some uh, extra pounds on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, as we all do as we <laughs> age a little bit, unfortunately. Yeah. But, uh, just, just a cool idea, an innovative idea, and, uh, seen through to success. Nice. Nicely done. Well, we are entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? When buying old cars, don't buy the best one you can afford. Buy the best one you can't afford. You'll get your money back. (laughs) Now, that's a unique way to say that. Uh, Yeah, most definitely. Ah, yeah. Where were you in the years past with all the old cars I bought? Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Um, I have attention deficit disorder and OCD, and that has been the the greatest two blessings of my career. (laughs) Are all those letters on your business card? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I move around a lot and I'm super obsessive about each thing. So there you go. um, It's you know, it's probably to the detriment of a lot of other aspects of life, but uh, it's been good for business. Yeah, I think so. I believe I have those same uh, initials on my business card as well somewhere, maybe very neatly on the edge or something. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners? I kind of guess what this might be. Yeah, that's experiences.roadandtrack.com. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely check this out. And again, uh, for those of you who follow me on social media, you've already seen it. Uh, because I think this thing is so cool. So I'm so happy that we can share that with everybody out there. Now, if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Well, I've been so lucky to actually be able to have drinks with my heroes and actually talk to people like Ed Wellburn and, and Bob Lutz. And, but, and I don't think this would be an enjoyable drink, but I think it would be a fascinating one. I, I'd want to, uh, sit down with Ferdinand Piek, who just, just passed at the age oh, of 82. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think no greater genius in the car world. He, uh, he was a, a spectacular engineer that touched some of the most incredible and important cars that we've ever seen. True, true visionary. He was not verbose <laughs> like I am, uh, <laughs> but he uh, and I probably have to fill a lot of awkward silences while he stared at me. Yeah. But uh, what a genius. What an yeah. incredible, I'm sure, highly, highly difficult person to be around and to work for. But man, the guy got results. Yeah, one tough cookie for sure. So uh, yeah, we lost him 
uh, too early. That was quite a surprise. How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading? I think everything that Malcolm Gladwell writes is great. Great lateral thinking. Uh, Malcolm is a contributor to uh, to Car and Driver, and he helped us create a feature length documentary about autonomy. I think everything the guy touches is is brilliant. Um, his podcast, Revisionist History, is great, and he's got a new book coming out called uh, Talking to Strangers. That's um, that I'm really looking for. Great, awesome, yeah, incredible, incredible person. Well, you can find all these links on Eddie's show notes page. If you missed my first talk with Eddie, you can go back and listen to that on the Cars yeah website. Uh, see how much he's changed over the years, matured, uh, <laughs> grown, uh, all those kinds of good things. Uh, or you can find all these resources on this current show notes page on the website. Just type Eddie Alterman into the search bar and that page will pop right up. All right, Eddie, we're up to the checkered flag here. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car. We'll see what you uh, have upgraded to this time. But there are some rules to this game that may make it a little bit of a challenge. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. You have to drive it. No garage queens allowed. And it's the only collector car that you can have. So choose wisely. I know I'm kind of going against what I talked about with a four-place car, but it's got to be a uh, Ferrari 250 GT short wheelbase. Oh, Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, you said money, no object, right? That's true. I did. Yeah, you're one of the guys that really took me up on that, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to buy it for me, so that's... <laughs> oh, well, I mean, well, gee, okay. Well, I was already on the other phone <laughs> with some of the people I know own some of those cars, but the hook's, the hook's off now. So, but, but, you know, that car, it is a car that many people have chosen, and I love that car as well, even more than perhaps the GTO. Me too. Uh, what is it about the car that you like so much? I think, you know, a lot of old Ferraris look great standing still, but in motion, they don't look quite as good. They look a little fragile. The short wheelbase just looks incredible uh, in every setting. It was Enzo's favorite car. I love those small displacement V12s. There's nothing like it. They're so smooth. They're, they're high revving, incredible uh, vehicles. And um, I don't know. It's just like the sexiest thing of all time. Yeah, they're absolutely stunning. I I just love those things in so many respects. I got to drive one once. I was at the Cavallino event and ran into a friend of a friend who has one. He's had it in his family forever. And I asked him, I said, hey, do you ever give people rides in your Ferrari? And he looks at me and and I just met him. So I didn't really know him that well. And he said, nope. And I I kind of thought, oh, gee, okay. And he goes, but I let people drive it and he threw me the keys and I just went, seriously? He goes, let's go. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, we almost got pulled over out on the beeline highway out there outside of Morasso racetrack. <laughs> he goes, come on, put your foot into this thing. And of course, just when I did, I came over the hill and guess what was coming the other way? Uh, police <laughs> so officer. What do you think? What do you think? Insane. Um, you know, Interesting, because when you drive an old car like that, you've never driven it, you have this vision of what it will be like, and those cars are really raw and kind of a little heavy, I guess, just in the steering and everything. But you know what? I was so wrapped up and enamored by the whole thing that it just was, I think I smiled the whole rest of the day. And it gets better, Eddie. I went back to the... uh the hotel where they were having the event uh, at that beautiful hotel there in uh, West Palm Beach, the Breakers. 
And I was walking into the hotel and this guy came out that I had met long before. And he goes, hey, how you doing, Mark? And we started talking and and I said, you can't believe what I got to drive today. And he goes, what was that? And I told him, he goes, well, you want to drive two in one day? And I went, what? And he goes, see the silver one over there? Here, take it for a drive. I'm going to be inside at the bar. And so I got to drive a second one. I couldn't believe it. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And what was the more incredible? He said, when you bring it back, just leave it with the ballet. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, the the other thing that, you know, now as we're talking, I can't forget the experience that I had in 2013 on the Mille, Millia in the uh, 1955 300SL going. That's oh. a car you drive every day. Yeah. That car is absolutely thoroughly modern. Yeah. Um, it was the first supercar, uh, but not in the kind of, you know, Lamborghini Countach sense. It was the first supercar in the Acura NSX sense, where it was just totally livable and fantastic car to drive. But I think the short wheelbase still edges it out. Well, it, it's different for sure. I, I got to drive a Roadster, 300 SL Roadster, and I, it struck me the same way. I, I went, man, this is like a modern car. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Uh, and just so solid, so wonderful. Yeah, that's another one of those uh, bucket lists when I win the lottery cars, for sure. So, <laughs> well, you're doing pretty good with the, uh, with the turbo there. So. I guess so. Yeah, no no complaints. I don't want, want, want her out there in the garage to hear me speaking about other cars. She might get upset <laughs> with me. Leak some oil on the on the driveway or something. Well, yeah, Eddie, you take it. Yeah, well, they, yeah, that's how you know they have oil in them. You've taken me on a great ride today. Really enjoyed reconnecting with you. Uh, so proud of what you guys and your team are doing there. Absolutely brilliant. I want to thank you for sharing your journey again here on Cars. Yeah. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off in the sunset in that 250 SWB? Uh, just do what you love. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else will fall into place. Absolutely. And what's the best way for listeners to follow along with you and what you're doing these? Um, I'm not a huge social media guy, but uh, I love uh, representing these brands, Car and Driver and Road and Track. So pick up a magazine, check out the website, see our Instagram feed. It's all there. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Well, listeners, again, you can find all these links on Eddie's show notes page. If you missed my first talk, go back and listen to him there. Kind of fun to compare the two. Eddie, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Uh, I wish I could join you guys on this year's drive. Maybe next year. I'll put that on my bucket list. Please do. It would be great to have you out there. Be fantastic. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thanks so much, Mark. It was great talking to you. This was fun. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me? on the Cars Yeah! TV show. It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah! podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah! TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah! TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!